0: Hello and welcome to the Halifax Roundtable, a complimentary production to the Alien RPG campaign, Halifax, Precious Cargo Betwixt Dragons and Ghosts. Every episode features players from the Halifax Alien RPG campaign. We talk about Alien RPG, the Halifax storyline, and relatable themes. This production is an audio export of the live YouTube stream. If you watch our live stream on YouTube, you are given the chance to become involved by interacting with us and asking questions. Subscribe to the Ties That Bind Gaming YouTube channel so you get an alert for the YouTube live stream. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show.
1: Hello and welcome
2: to the Halifax Roundtable. My name is Joe, and sitting with me at the round table right, at tabor, round table is Croker and Nate. How you guys doing?
0: Good. Good.
2: Cool. We are going to spend the next hour talking about alien RPG, the Halifax campaign, and relatable themes. We are live, so feel free to leave comments or ask questions. We will respond appropriately. So, let's go ahead and get started. So, I figure since our last, the last time we talked, um, well, by the way, Kroger, it's nice to have you this time around. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, we, we spent some time talking about our, our own characters and such, and I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk about some of the other important characters we have roaming around Halifax. So... Specifically, I wanted to focus on Andromeda first. Um, She's been with us since the beginning, uh, which neither of you were there for, but Croker, you came in uh, just a few sessions later, so you've known her pretty long, and you knew her uh, before, obviously... Uh, Nate had come on board, so she interacted quite a bit with the previous agent, company agent, and I think she's kind of got friendly with you, too, as well, right, Nate? Yeah. Yeah, we get along. I think she kind of gravitates towards company agents, um, which wouldn't be a surprise because she is company-owned.
3: Right. True enough, yeah. She is company property. Yeah. She's her she is her own person who happens to be <laughs> owned by the company. Right, right.
2: When you first met her, Nate, she was missing an arm.
3: Uh no, she had just gotten that repaired, I think, before um before I got there. I think that must have been the end of end of season one or the very start of season two. She yeah, had a new arm the- by the time um by the time I saw her, but it was still shiny and new.
2: Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so she had some hard times before you came along. But, all in all, she's been pretty good. She generally likes to take care of the ship and take care of you guys, especially when you're coming in and out of sleep and when you are asleep and, and things like that. So, what about you, Kroger?
1: Um. So, like,
4: uh, with with the drama, like, like, what's my relationship? You think, or like, are you? I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, how do
2: you, how do you, how how I mean, you've been around her quite a long time. She's the. Uh, that's what I say.
4: She's the one that you always wonder what she's doing when you're in hypersleep. <laughs> you're like, you're yeah. like the biggest curiosity is like, what is she doing while we're all hypersleeping away? Yeah. Um. But she's that also that thing that like, you feel better knowing she's on the ship because you don't want to like know what the ship would be like without her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, to trust.
2: I was going to say, do you trust her?
4: Yeah, I trust Andromeda. There's been moments where I haven't, but I trust Andromeda.
2: Yeah. What about you, Nate? What do you think?
3: Less and less as time goes on. Oh, really? Uh, I, I think, um... You know, I, I have a... a kind of a a a character flaw of not being a fan of droids but um right i i think where where uh where he wonders what she's doing when when we're asleep i wonder what she's doing when we're asleep and uh you know we've uh we've got some things going on with you know our trouble with droids and uh i don't know it's I, i i'm starting to wonder if she's maybe not uh not quite as friendly as we think she is, but we'll we'll find out, I guess. I'm definitely looking at her through through a different lens after the last uh, last few adventures. Yeah, I guess I
2: can understand that to an extent. See, see, I trust her more and more. You know, we
4: have you know, whenever we're dealing with contraband, she doesn't rat me out. So,
3: <laughs> but I think we've determined your judgment is questionable at best. Well. we... <laughs> Yeah. That's that's another story.
2: <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, that might be its own round table. <laughs> but you know you bring up that you don't know if she's doing what she's like sleeping and such or when why you guys are sleeping and you know, uh quite a while ago. This was before Nate's time as well. Uh you guys acquired dog, which we recently renamed or Andromeda named as uh Grim. So the two of them have become quite the companionship and she spends a lot of time during your hypersleep training dog, training Grim <laughs> to, uh, um, actually, you really don't kind of know what, cause you never really asked her, but you just trust that she's training Grim to do something. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, uh, he's been yeah. for the. Grim's been friendly,
3: so that's a that's a start at least. That that, that might be a question worth asking. Let's, uh, let me let me take some notes. Here, yeah, but, uh...
2: <laughs> you know, and um, you know, this this what was it, This past uh, episode, we we uh, landed on Usuno, I think I believe it's called, and um, which is a. Uh, a three world empire colony. And uh, Grim Andromeda took Grim to get certified so she wouldn't so Grim would no longer be considered contraband and wouldn't have to be hidden anymore. So there's also the question of what behind what's behind that motive. Any thoughts on that?
0: No
1: <laughs> you I, I don't
3: no. The cable goes looking for answers where he, he just, <laughs> he's not going to flip over rocks. Where I think some of us others are uh, a, a little more suspicious that I don't know. Maybe she's getting him, you know, AKC registered or something. But uh, seems I, strange when we're worried about contraband and she brings a giant dog out of the ship and <laughs> parades, I just, or, parades I guess- it up the main street.
4: I guess I never thought of it as, as Contraband officially, and so it it doesn't bother me as much. I'm more shocked that she's willing. It's kind of like the shock of her willing to risk it, but at the same time, feels very droid-like to risk it. Mm. I need, I'm going to have to get my charger for my headset. I'll be right back. Yeah. You guys keep talking.
2: Yep. So, under normal, under normal st- circumstances, you know, like having a cat or a dog or something like that, on the ship isn't considered a big deal. In fact it's kinda of common. I mean think of uh, Jonesy back on you know in the first alien sure. movie. Yeah. You know. So things like that aren't considered an issue. However, Grim is a wild animal. And large wild animal. <laughs> yeah, a very large one and and not exactly common a a common animal to have on a ship, so You would probably guess that that is Andromeda's reasoning for trying for getting the dog certified. I use the term certified, I don't know what the real term is, but you know, (laughs) you get the idea. uh, License,
3: probably look into that while we're there. Yeah, (laughs) license is a good uh, she's getting his rabies tag. so he can go to the dog park, and right, right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm uh. I, I'm curious what uh, what the world determines for that. If, uh, like you said, it's pretty normal to have a cat, but she's going in there with more than a cat. And yes, um, when it went in on her own and her own own devices, and but I haven't heard any alarm bells yet, so it must be must be going okay. Yeah.
2: And um, speaking of Andromeda again, so anybody that knows anything about alien, you know, they're going to know about cornbread. Cornbread is, is always kind of like a, a staple in alien. So, you know, which was a kind of talked about, you know, here, there and in, in the second in aliens, but uh, Andromeda always seems to have cornbread available for all of you when it's time to eat. And it kind of breaks that monotony of ha- having to eat the ship goop all the time, which we have which uh you know is kind of the standard on the ship, you know so unless you got
4: go of course go I gotta go back I gotta go back to the other one no, sorry, I was busy mm-hmm. So we had to reconcile in the last moment how Grimm dealt with faster than light cuz we all have to be in hyperspace. No, oh, yes. Yeah. How does alien reconcile other animals
1: dealing with faster than light? So I don't
3: remember that. Like Oh. D- didn't yeah. Jonesy go in the cryopod with with one of them? Okay, that's okay. that's what I remembered was the okay, I'll try I try to remember that. whether it was Ripley or um the kid, but I thought I remembered jonesy curling up in the in the cryo sleep
2: yes jonesy did crawl in there um that's a good question though so
4: and does cats need to take hydration pills
2: i don't think so
4: do they like sneak them into like a little cat treat and then like just like
2: (laughs) that's another good question um
4: there you go. That's, if you're you ever a future, like, if you're ever a future, like, panel, forum panel for, like, alien people who <laughs> say <usually laughs> that question, do cats eat hydration pills?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Leave that That's one to question. the imagination. If dog isn't going into any kind of hyper-sleep, then while we're, <laughs> you know, three weeks old, dog is, like, 407 at this point.
4: Yeah, so you are a dare for that, so... Mm-hmm. We would go into hypersleep with a little tiny puppy. We wake up like a half-sized puppy, yeah, like half okay. full-grown, and then we wake up a full-grown dog. Um, I am not sure the lifespan of these dogs. Yeah, uh,
3: Grib is like at least
4: at least almost two years old at this point. Now,
2: nah, and half. Here,
4: yeah, year and a half.
2: Yeah, Grib's still a puppy. I mean,
4: we're we're over. Well, no, not a pup. Well, not officially a puppy because I actually yeah. have dates. I can tell you when Grim, uh, <laughs> Grim was born and when Grim came about, but uh,
2: yeah, yeah, because yeah, because Grim was a straight-up baby when you uh when you found him.
1: So we don't celebrate birthdays. I guess I never thought about that. <laughs> oh.
2: hmm. Nobody brought don't it up. We
3: ever noted Shit. birthdays? That might be something worth uh. <laughs> I, I don't know. Have you guys had many crew members live more than a year? No. <laughs> Just being Ward. <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. We're good. And you guys are probably like in
2: your eighties, nineties, or hundreds, or something. You, you know,
4: officially, yeah, right.
0: <laughs>
2: if not
3: older, should do do next week is to, to de- 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 declare that it's Ward's birthday and have a uh, <laughs> yeah <there's an> on planet <laughs> war- birthday party surprise surprise birthday. I like that idea. I do
1: too.
4: We'll we'll create that, make that happen.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to a uh, more controversial topic, which is uh, (coughs) Imogen. We all, we all love Imogen. So Imogen, Imogen came into the picture right at the end of season one. And right before you joined Nate and uh Kroker was there to experience that whole situation of her coming into the into Halifax basically. So I'm trying to think back to your your first encounter with her. You came on board the ship and if I remember right, she just appeared she disappeared before even got an explanation, right? For Cato, uh, or Cato, yeah, Cato, right.
3: right? Yeah, I was not aware she was there. They were uh, Ward was doing quite the job of of hiding her, yeah. Um, until uh, I believe we kind of stumbled across each other, um, and then that's when they started trying to w- Ward try started trying to uh, explain what was going on, and that yeah. kind of led to the uh to cables uh minor meltdown uh with who knew what and who kept him in the dark and um yeah and so it's uh it's my character i'm kind of caught in the spot of uh, what do i do about it um and and where do those where do those loyalties lie um so i'm you know i'm a bit more wary I, i you know how do i how do i treat it you know i try to make I think Imogen and I are friendly. I, I mm-hmm. smuggle her contraband, but she, uh, she seems really attached to, uh, to cable. Um, especially since uh, she and Ward kind of drifted apart. Yeah, that's good. That's
2: a good point. And yeah, when you first came on, I think you threw everybody for a loop. Cause you asked, you asked some pretty tough questions and i can tell i could tell that everybody else was a little little uh hesitant on and and they chose their words carefully in front of you you know being near the company man um who knows what
3: you're you're going to send back send back home yeah and uh then we found some surprises with that so there's uh i think there's there's more to come where that uh Where those loyalties lie and who's, you know, who's saying what to the, uh, to the corporate overlords, (laughs) which has proven difficult lately. That has had its own challenges. Yeah.
4: I feel like he's in it with us, Dale. He's Stuck.
3: Stuck. Yeah. You stopped, like, you stopped calling me body bags, so that means I'm uh, part well, of the team.
4: I think we're all body bags or none of us are yeah. You know, it's it's the concept of uh, you're you're kinda of stuck now. You've 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 let me a secret long enough. <laughs> that, if you haven't ratted us out by now, then we're uh, I think like we're yeah,
3: I think that's what it comes down to is at some point at some point if you don't yeah, if you don't reveal the secret, then you become a part of it. Um you know, I think early on this season the captain I captain and I had a side conversation very much about that. That um he and I had some plausible deniability at the time, but that uh worst comes to worst, there were other expendable crew members that knew more and knew it longer, but uh now we've yeah. kind of thrown all of us into that boat.
4: Yeah, it's a image that, uh images that a part of cable that's I think it's making him it slowly stamp. I don't know, uh Cable's starting to lose his mind I think more and more and everything happens to Cable first so I think Cable's uh, cable's,
2: You are are prone to
4: Oh god another episode (laughs) where it was like you threw threw another one at me
3: (laughs) You know I hadn't thought of that but with Imogen I suppose she's the constant reminder of uh, of the trauma you went through
4: I don't know if that's actually the worst part is I think that think cable cable's not freaked out by other people's deaths, but by his own, maybe more so. Like mm. so seeing other people die like freaked him out, like maybe like made him realize his own mortality. But I think Imogen's a continuous reminder of his own mortality. Sure. So like whereas like he got over the captain's death and the Titanic's death pretty easily. But I don't think he got over the fact that now he's walking around with his own like there's no way out of like how this ends well for Cable kind of mindset. Mm. And so Cable's and Cable starts to get strong. Everything starts to settle and then suddenly blows up and Cable just snaps again. It's been that poor like Cable, I think, feels kick it past his own mortality.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of has those sort of struggles that seem to stick pretty hard. Um, Causing him always to spend a lot of time by himself and, and writing in his journal.
4: Writing in his journal, and, and he's already a loner kind of person. hmm And I think there's, you know, there was some trust. I think he was closer to Ward, and then when everybody else came on board like and uh, the secrets kind of happened behind him I think that caused him to like become a loner again like he was starting to like open up oh yeah he lost that that ability like Ward, Ward and him had those little moments of connection had to deal with the problem together had to do the teamwork mm-hmm. and I think he you know with the captain break got on and he you know and then the secrets he doesn't he went back to his loner kind of phase again like I'm just gonna stay in my own little space
2: that thing simmered down a little bit <laughs>
4: Yeah, <laughs> like he's kind of torn, I think, between being on the ship and off the ship. You know, like, when he was on the ship, you know, the dogs happened. So mm-hmm. then he decides to stay off the ship, and they get to a, you know, and people die. And then he's on the ship, and he ends up with a, 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 another issue. that he's off the ship, and he's finding, like uh, spiders with names written on him. Then he's on the ship, <laughs> and things are going invisible. What to say? It's, <laughs> It's getting a little much, cable. He's off the ship. He just gets drunk. So, yeah. he he doesn't know where he wants to be anymore. He doesn't have like. I feel like he feels trapped by the by the chaos of it all. I think he doesn't feels like I don't know if he feels the ship's curses now as much as he feels he's cursed.
3: Yeah, there's and no that, real safe, no real safe space left for him. No, and
2: and now with Imogen being around, does does that? That obviously presents another layer, right?
4: Well, yeah. So, like that, that realization, I think, really hit him hard, and now he's kind of stuck at not wanting to be on the ship and be forced onto a ship that he doesn't want to pee on. And yeah, you know, it'll be curious to see how he
2: handles it. In the- yeah, I mean, let's just put this out there uh, without giving away too many spoilers. I mean. <laughs> Imogen's capabilities are quite advanced and have caused Halifax to kind of live in a bubble and it's been hard to break out of it. And, and things, and, and there's, there continues to be more revelations about the complications of this android. Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I think it's, it's, and for cable, I think it's there's like a superstitious
4: level to it. It's like mm. technology has seen before, and so it's, you know, like, you know, t- t- he, he's trying to figure out what this means to him. What is he seeing? Is this actually like technology situation, or is this, like a mystical concept, you know, like she's actually able to, you know, do something that's non-technological. And I think that's where he's coming to terms with. Hmm. Hmm. He understands the technological aspect, but because it's something he's never ever been able to see. It's like the old concept. If he took a cell phone back to, you know, nine, 1800s, and you see a show a smartphone, and they wouldn't think this is technology. They would think you're, you know,
2: you're bonkers. Magical, yeah, very yeah, ma- sure. magical.
4: You know, like you show them pictures, and you're able to show yeah. them, like, they think they it's think
3: sorcery. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah,
4: sorcery. And I think that's Cable's guy dealing with this idea of is this technology or is this like
1: a mystical ability? Wow, that that's, defies that's, that defies reason. That's pretty deep. <laughs> that is
0: deep.
4: Yeah. Well, I think that's what I think that's what he's dealing with. Like, that's why, like he doesn't see it as technology and so like his way of comprehending it is
1: hmm. different hmm.
4: Is, is, he seems to be left out a lot of the communication uh, that people get that we yeah. explain stuff to him and he's never told and so he he has to reason it out and he's all by himself and it's happening and it's never happened
3: before and it's you know sure. nobody's yeah increases that paranoia yep so that's a, that's a, that's an interesting thought
2: here so to expand on that a little bit we 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 have not explored religion or cult or anything like that at all anyway at least not yet is cable or cato religious And that, or, let me expand on that, too, before you even answer that. Going by what you're saying, Cable, of how you're looking at Imogen, would you consider it a religious thing or not?
4: Not that Cable sees it as a religious aspect, but more a superstitious
1: aspect. Okay.
4: Like, he sees it as witchcraft conceptly, so far. Like... And even though he like understands she's an android and all that i don't think that like is what bothers him but i think it's it goes into like a superstitious kind of concept for him like i feel like he thinks he's cursed
1: hmm.
4: and so like maybe no. there's a spiritual okay. aspect to it well he's always thought the ship's cursed
1: yeah, thing, uh,
4: like <laughs> everything's right. happened, and I think at first it was more of a joke to Cable, like "Ha ha, ship's cursed." But I think the more it happens, it's like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe I'm not making this up. This is soldier. It's like truly can happen. And um, I'd say he has a, a lack of faith, as much as like he has a lack of faith, but more of like a. A belief in the supernatural side of it, I probably would think so.
2: That's pretty cool. I like that. I like that. And and I gotta say, you play that off pretty good. I've picked up on that, so you know. Yeah, I think he's definitely a
4: superstitious
2: person. Like, yeah. (laughs) What about what about Cato? How does how does Cato view Imogen without (laughs) without you know?
3: Yeah. Uh, um, i think it's just like a puzzle to be solved it is yeah. um you know i come from a religious background but it's uh through through the experiences i've had it's really the the almighty dollar i think it's the mm. the only savior i have left um mm. and whatever i need to do to get up you know i, I came from a a crappy ice planet that i got dumped on and yeah. i've gotten here and so now it's um it's that loyalty thing it's like do i you know i i start to feel that attachment to to these guys um you know on cable especially it's like i i you know the guy um you know i feel for the guy and all he's going through and um part of me just likes to watch the world burn too so i i've got no no problem throwing <laughs> a little whiskey on the fire Um, uh, but her, her duality, I think troubles him that, um, I I can see Ward's side Mm -hmm. where it's, you know, she's a sweet kid that hangs out and plays with the dog. Um, and then there's her terribly creepy side and it's like, um, and then there's the other, the other burdens she carries. That's like. Uh, you know she uh, she's literally a ticking time bomb, um, and, and I just I I think Cato feels like nobody else is considering all of the repercussions. Um, wow, you know, yeah. th- that that come with it. That we're all worried about the the immediate. You know, is mm. what's Imogen going to do? What's you know what's the other side going to do? You know, is, is the you know, is somebody gonna find her where it's um I think my concern is coming from what what happens when uh what she's carrying um is no longer where it where it's safe. Right. And uh, you know, having having been privy to the to the corporate side and heard of you know her rumblings of things, it it definitely um makes me uneasy. Um but it it's uh, I, I think deep down there's a spiritual element, but I think on the surface it's very much a lack of um, a lack of belief in in any system. Um, hmm. You know, so it's um, I, I don't I, I don't typically believe anybody's there to help us, so that that you know makes some things challenging. Right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right. Um. Let's
2: switch over now to uh, let's talk a little bit about combat since we finally had a little bit of a run-in. So it was uh, a couple sessions ago uh, sessions ago that we had, uh, well, going back further than that, we had a session that we got halfway through and then got into combat. So we got into combat kind of blindly and how did that go <laughs> <laughs> well
4: first off we haven't gone into this blindly we've just a note Nate wasn't part of this we technically did a battle where we fought these dogs before and technically you still won of course Andromeda because of the situation so yeah. ironically it's like looking back like man that would have been such an easier fight if we had known then Right. How much easier it would have been, um so I'm glad we learned about it, and now it feels like less of a slug
2: yeah i i i uh didn't exactly understand how armor worked, and once I figured it out, it all made a lot more sense and made things a little bit more manageable. So, needless to say, that didn't go very well at all, and
4: it felt like a slog. That's where the problem—the with the combat was before. Like we were all useless. so It was just a slog, right? So, like, I'll go back to the ship. Leave and drop it out there, and the guy out there. We'll come back later.
3: <laughs> <how this> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I felt there was a certain level of uh accuracy to that. That I mean, we're not, we're not Space Marines. We're yes. We're freight guys, so if you tell me there's a bad guy outside, we're going to grab whatever's sitting there. I mean, Ward's going to grab the flamethrower, and somebody's going to grab a wrench, and it's going to be the Keystone cops out there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it was, you know, very indicative of that. Now it's, you know, mechanically, I think it worked better the second time. Yeah, Uh, but I I have to remind myself that this is not your typical um, Dungeons and Dragons. It's not a system set up. For you to stand, plant your feet, and shoot magic fireball until till the thing is dead. Right. We've got three hit points, and they have, you know, unknown hit points and armor and jumps and bites. And uh, so if you can't kill it, you need to run. <coughs> yeah. Um, That's definitely the scary
2: part, because, you know, you guys are so squishy, and it's just... It only I mean it it really can only take a couple of hits and there's no real healer you know uh there's a couple of things that ward ward and maybe another one or two of you can do but that's about it and most of it's about just saving your ass long enough to get you back to the ship or something where you can You know, it's just enough to sustain you, I guess you
3: could say. I mean, you're not going to get back up and fight again (laughs) if you go down. And and even then, if you get us to the ship, I mean, we've only got, you know, we're a space freighter. We've only got rudimentary, Mm -hmm. you know, medical. Um, So if you survive that long, you better hope you can survive to get to the next, Mm -hmm. you know, actual, actual, you know, med pod. Um, But you got...
2: uh, You guys are ultimately actually better equipped than probably most space truckers are because if like again, you think back to uh Nostramo and the first alien, what they have when they I think they had what like a cattle prod and and uh and something else, I think. Something like that. That's all they had. They didn't have anything, so
4: Well, we started out with nothing too though, don't forget.
2: You did.
1: You did.
4: We only got stuff because shit happened. Right. <laughs> you know, like, what should happen? We're like, okay. Well, no, I'm spending my salary on. <laughs> yeah. Well,
3: at, and uh, after the activities going on when we ended the last session, um, it's yet to be determined if we will still have things when we, uh, <laughs> when we come back.
4: I will know. I think that's the one flaw in the game itself is the costs of things don't make sense. Too cheap? Too cheap. Yeah, Yeah. like we were, like, do you think I would agree with that? Yeah, like we make so much money.
3: Yeah, I would agree. One or one or the other is probably out of balance that. Well, um, I can um, see
4: the salary because how would you pay somebody who's only like mm -hmm. maybe we're making too much money? I don't know. Maybe that may be the case, whatever. Um, But I think more so is the fact that I mean. You couldn't buy a handgun, how much it costs in the game, real life for what it costs mm-hmm. in uh, the game. So like either that or inflation really slowed down, went backwards and <laughs> I think it, like shipping these guns to like a space station all the way out there and having to pay us to do the space freeing up mm-hmm. those guns to sell those guns, just that's, it's illogical. I think that's where the game needs balancing.
2: Hmm. That's a good point at the same token though. You're, you're riding around in a very expensive ship, and there's always a chance for things to break. And I, I mean, you all have been, for the most part, pretty lucky. There was a couple of occasions where you had to wait a little bit to get parts and stuff like that, but those parts, uh, the electrical and mechanical parts are expensive. You know, you're talking about 100...
4: Yeah, 100- see, that's So say That's almost out of balance on the other side. Like, whatever it costs to fix a it- Coffee maker was like a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like cost right like, by an entire ship's worth armaments probably for like five thousand
1: mm-hmm. dollars.
4: That's what I think is sure. a little out of wonk whack. Like of the game is like how much electrical parts and mechanical parts versus what weapons cost. Like I don't even know if the, the mechanical electrical parts are out of whack. They actually might be in whack. Um,
2: the only. The only argument I could could possibly give towards that is um, like, for instance, when I was, when I worked in uh, with hardware and stuff like that, and somebody would buy a very basic like Dell PC that you and I would buy for like, I don't know, three or 400 bucks, a company would pay for three or four grand for it, even though it's the same exact PC, but for whatever reason, because it's in a company
3: setting it's oh, it's it's sure. marked up it's like so, so much Paying ten thousand dollars for a hammer yeah um, right <laughs> it, it's the same same concept well, and, that's you're, why boy, electric-
2: and you're buy you're buying uh I, I think i get ready to see where you're going but you're you're buying the weapons and stuff on your own it's private private transactions yeah. But
4: when we would try, like even when we were buying electric, electrical and mechanical parts, they're still I should think they're more expensive. We got a deal; I think they were two hundred thousand at one point. I'm like, oh, I'll go do four hundred thousand yeah. because you are working for the corporate guy. <laughs> right. you're on your own. He works. So I just don't. I don't think. I think that's. It's just in balance. I think somebody didn't play the balancing of that when they created mm. it. I don't know if they rushed it or the logic wasn't there behind the idea that like probably a handgun if you were buying it in some far away space station it would be like a thousand maybe two thousand dollars you know
2: right instead of four hundred or something like
4: that yeah it's like four hundred dollars or three fifty or whatever it is that costs us and that's the stuff that is a little out whack they should probably have like a range of like if you were to buy it from a manufacturer directly where they made it for this much to an out of the way colony or the guys sell you because they happen to have some extras.
3: Yeah, it'll you know, we'll be this much. Well, well you know, go to that that Wasteland type format, too. We're sure we can buy a, you know, we can buy a military grade handgun, but it's one that's been, you know, kicked across the planet three times. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. You know, it. It's a it's a $3,000 handgun, but we bought it for $400 and maybe it will fire every third time you pull the trigger. Right. You know, that kind of thing that um, and that well, could easily have, be, I think, played into the game.
4: They did put durability then in, and then that's yeah. you know, new mechanic that becomes that its in.
3: Yeah, it becomes its own thing.
2: You know, it's, you mean, it's yeah, good, good. I actually had a conversation about this actually with uh, a few other players online, and um, they they just pretty much just said, you know, what your game do, do what you want to do, but I kind of just left it at the rules, you know, cause I said, you know, what is everybody else doing? You know? Uh, yeah. Cause I, I'm kind of on board with you. I think it's a little cheap too, but at the same time, I don't want to, I don't want to break the system. So I just keep it how it is.
4: Yeah. I agree with you. I'm not say I, I don't disagree with you. What I'm saying is I don't know how you spend your money in this game. I think that's what like this game now will, will lack for, for people, we're probably like way off topic. Uh, now, at this point, um, <laughs> what this game would lack is like, I've got $60,000.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: What do I buy for $60,000? You know, like,
2: right. You
1: know,
4: <laughs> I, I well, just buy rounds of the elements.
2: <laughs> if there's any way to look at that, is that I would assume that everybody's end goal is eventually to retire.
4: <laughs> well yeah, yeah. I guess a mechanic for we don't have cost to us, so it's 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 an infinite amount of money is if anything it's just locating the thing you want to buy, mm-hmm. then it is the amount of money you have on hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas in any other RPG, money suffices for the goal of the party. Right yeah it's so like you're always lacking it generally until like way later on maybe you're not mm-hmm. but I think that's we'll be interested to see how that plays out from a standpoint of the game I think that's it's, you know like even D&D that's part of the game is always acquiring wealth
2: yeah that's true and but at, this, at the same token, a good way to roll uh, that I that I and I have thought about this too, is a good way to role play that is if you did lose all your money somehow, whether it's your purchase or not, I think your character would be pretty pissed off because they're like, Fuck, there goes my retirement.
4: That is true. There might be should be a way to like put money yeah. into retirement accounts over time. Like a, a money that just doesn't like get impacted anymore. You could be like, Oh, well, I'm gonna put of my 401k and yeah. you, Tony.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we're, you know that came up like with the uh, you know with the hotel and stuff in this last time. So that's something <laughs> maybe we should consider: is how much of our money is actually liquid. You know, mm-hmm. we're paid all this all this big money from corporate, but it's obviously, I'm sure, it's electronically transferred to somewhere, and we're we're out in you know New Earth. How much of that do we have access to? You know, that that could change that dynamic. So yeah, sure. You've on paper you've got one hundred and fifty thousand gold, but if you can only access two thousand of that at a time, then the rest of that money is kind of kind of nebulous.
4: Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't know if Cable even sees himself retiring. Like, Cable doesn't see himself living long enough to retire, so probably Cable would <laughs> not put any money into a retirement fund because he has no picture of retirement. He pictures himself dead didn't floating in space somewhere.
2: <laughs> that's so sad. It yeah. makes sense.
4: <laughs> oh, Cable has no hope of thinking he's going to survive all this. He's just... I think he's at some point like there's been moments where he's just going with the flow of like oh, I'm gonna die let's just keep going
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. know,
4: the inspection thing he's like cool inspection well I was gonna go somehow
3: yeah. <laughs> which, which amazes me because he's he's so so nonchalant about that and tell something like you know Doors opening, and closing, and it's like a rubber band snaps. Like, nope, well, that's it. I can deal with the inspection. I can deal with everything else, but that's that's too many things.
4: It's the abstract. So it's like it's like a person who's a hypochondriac who accepts their death.
1: Mm.
4: Not with the oh. idea that they, you know, okay, I'm a hypochondriac. I know I'm going to die. Whatever I have is this until somebody actually tells them they have this. So it's like it's like he's got this abstract death of Imogen being his death, right? Now or like just something killing him. And then something actually happens that's so like I am like, oh my oh, fucking god, I could die in this moment. Sure, it's now. It, it's and now yeah. he goes into like full defense, like hmm. fight or flight mode. And okay. that's like the it's the abstract of the death. That, like, I think bothers him. And then it's like now with Imogen, it's, and I, we're, we're trying to avoid it. We're like beating around the bushes, like, will he see that death coming? Now it's even worse. Like, we went to fight these dogs. He's like, oh, that's, well, if this thing gets to me. I die. Yeah. Now it's like I could die in my sleep. It's a creepier feeling.
3: I see that. That's going to make the ultimate death of cable, like, its own episode. That's going to be. I know. Like- Super tragic at that point, yeah, right? yeah you know, he like you like, know like it's not just a character diary, it's this whole, and then then ultimately, we find your journal, it's just, oh, yeah, it's kind of depressing, well, I, right? I
4: think his journal is funny in the sense that it's it's like his musings now more so, like he used to be like a little more focused on the actual journey, and now it's more of his his musings of like life and death and like. What's to come, and it's it's less, I think, about specifics, or even like really a depressing thing, but more of like, well, guess we're a cursed ship, you know, like guess that's what it (laughs) is. Like just move along, and like it's like his musings of like it's like that person who like even though their hypochondriac doesn't think they'll ever die. Your hypochondriac makes them think they're gonna die. Then, when the moment of death is coming, it's, it's like this twist and turn and like pulling motion on him.
2: It's complicated, but it makes sense.
4: It is. It's, it's like his uh, psyche is just thrown off.
2: So, either when cable ends or the campaign ends, we're gonna have to make that journal public. <laughs> okay,
4: yeah, well, the time will come.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So moving on let's talk a little bit about disease we've kind of been getting into that just a little bit uh, one of the recent locations that you uh, visited was new earth it's a colony. I didn't pull up all the details about it ahead of time, but kind of know the the gist of it so I originally heard about New Earth in... uh, I was reading the Alien Omnibus, I think Volume 1. And it was mentioned in there and I was like, hmm, that sounds pretty cool. So I looked it up and decided to throw it into our campaign and give it my own little twist. Because there's not really much about it afterwards. Only about what happened. So... And then I and then I also wanted to give um Carson something because he's big into like conspiracies and you know not common knowledge kind of things, you know. So he knew about New Earth a little bit, but uh New Earth, you know, suffered it's claimed that they suffered disease, you know, you can decide what really happened. That uh wiped out the entire the entire planet and it was condemned and, and the the planet and the moons and everything around it were condemned for forever time. My spin was the one it that Wayland Wayland Utani didn't want anything to do with it anymore, so they gave it to the uh Steel City uh Steel City Yeah, that Steel City Ranch Company or whatever it was, I can't remember off the top of my head and they went in and set up a new colony, which is where you went to. So, essentially, it's called New Earth (laughs) 2. Croker, you were... or Cable was very hesitant to go there. Um, I remember. Uh, So was Ward. Because it's like, okay, yeah, a a planet covered in disease, you know, it's got to lay dormant somewhere, you know, right? Yep. Um, But essentially, you all came out unscathed from there, so...
1: How, uh... We lost Kato. We lost Kato.
2: I'm sure he'll be back. (laughs) So, yeah, so you came out of New Earth unscathed, and, um... That's actually where we had our big battle at, but... What did you think about New Earth? I
1: don't know if I ever really left a ship, really. I don't think I actually really...
2: If I did, I barely did. Did you... No, you didn't, did you? You didn't leave yeah. until until the battle happened.
4: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I avoided leaving.
2: <laughs> like, hey, diseases and shit like that, I'm not even going to bother, so yeah. I'm just going to yeah. stay on board. There's That's right. a little
4: bit like that paranoia
1: phase.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so that
1: nothing, nothing, fortunately nothing
2: really came out of that, but the lore nonetheless is kind of kind of neat and I would have liked to explore some more, but we had to get out of there. So Mm -hmm. especially because there was gigantic um, creatures. Yes, yes. Coming your way and wanting to eat Halifax. Did so, they actually
4: want to eat Halifax, or they just were?
2: They just trying to eat Halifax. Um, they're probably not big enough, but they could have definitely crushed it, or or, or hurt it some for sure. Yeah, because so they're big. But um, something you are much more familiar with is alcoholism.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> Cable has you've
1: been in, you've been you've been drinking alcohol
2: since the beginning, right?
1: Roughly, I think. Uh, yeah, is
4: that stress induced anxiety drinking habit? Yeah, I think he was recovering going into kind of the Halifax. Right.
2: Okay. Yeah, because I feel stress like
4: stress reliever.
2: I feel like you didn't you didn't really start drinking a lot more until after uh um Oh gosh, can't think of the name of the space station.
4: Oh ax, ax, not Axion
1: Oh Axion um I should have had it pulled up. Oh, how do you pull it up too? Um Axion. It's not Axion, right? It's why is it so axion, but not ax- I feel like it's close to that.
2: <laughs> Let's see if I can find this. Oops. Yeah, but um, I'm sure you'll find it. But I think I feel like it was, it was after that event that Cable really started drinking.
4: Yeah, I think that was his breaking point. Yeah. Um,
2: oh, okay. Yeah. Because there were some... Aeon. Aeon. Aeon Station. Aeon Station. That's it. Yep. Yeah, because there were some... Well, that's where um, Imogen was initially found, but that was after some crazy-ass events that took place.
4: Yeah, I think that was definitely his undoing for like being able to control it. Yeah. I think before that, it was more of like, yeah, it's like stressful habit. He'd drink a little more than normal, but think he like lost his control ability after that. Like I think mm-hmm. he's using it to treat longer term issues at this point. Right. Like rather than where it was like, oh we had a really rough landing, I'm just need to get a drink in you know, kind of attitude. Yeah. Now he's like, I just need a drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> or want. I just need it, need it, need it. Yeah. Well it wasn't until uh i don't know a few sessions ago which i actually need to do a better job on i think at handling it it's just kind of hard to shuffle all the stuff going on is there is a actual there is a alcoholism rule in alien so at some point i i decided that you've been drinking hard enough to become alcoholic Especially because, you know, you're really only alive for s- such a small amount of time all the time. So, you're just like drowning yourself in alcohol pretty much. Yep. So, I introduced the alcohol rule where uh, you, had to have, you had to have a drink every, I believe it's every shift, five to eight hours, or else you gain stress. And you just keep gaining and gaining and gaining stress until you find ways to bring it back down. How and Do um,
4: la- we ever figure how long that lasts or any of that stuff? Like, if we were to stop, like, did it?
2: There's, like, there's no official rule, uh-huh. so it's kind of, we're just kind of, um... Wigging it? Yeah, pretty much. I think we're just going to go by by Ward's suggestions I guess you could say and then at some point we'll just say yeah I think you're cured if you get to that point because you keep getting like and I think this is another genius point about cable is like you get on track and then you stumble again and then you get on track and then you stumble it's like this constant roller coaster of struggling with with the disease which is it's I would assume realistic. Pretty yeah. real, you know? So.
4: I think uh, that's the only mechanic that I think that's still not perfect either, though, is alcoholism should definitely affect my piloting, but it officially doesn't. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's it, it, it doesn't pilot perfectly. It's a, it gets wits, I think, because I can No, not alcoholism. My drinking—if you drink—it affects wits, but doesn't affect my piloting ability. Like I go mm. land a plane, <laughs> hammered.
2: That's true. But, po- is, piloting is not under wits, right?
4: No, it's an agility.
2: Mm.
1: Uh,
4: agility is everyone, right? so the, like it's I don't know if it's called agility, but it's like the conceptual nature of agility. I think right. <laughs> so it's not affected so like i drink but it doesn't ever affect my body because so i think that's something that's that's slightly broken. it's like well i might as just well drink forever it doesn't affect my <laughs> job
2: right yeah that is true that is very true
4: yeah because hmm. i'm an agility agility is piloting i also can shoot a gun perfectly fine
2: while you're whenever. yeah yeah you should
4: lower all your stats down besides maybe strength I'd argue that it would lower every stat down besides strength should be lowered by one if you right. pay how intoxicated you are to a point of zero when you go incapacitated.
2: Yeah, it's, I get, I get it. What it's trying to do was trying to say that you're, you know, you're, you're not as, Together, I guess, and you, you can't speak as well. But you're right; it doesn't affect anything else that it should.
4: Yeah, like you go know, like not like people drive cars perfectly fine. Drug girls, so we wouldn't yeah. have big issues in this country,
2: <laughs> right?
1: Right.
4: Or shoot guns like I just shoot perfectly straight.
1: Yeah. Like I well, think
4: there should be a besides strength that you should lower everything else by one. Mm-hmm. For like there should be like a range, like one to four, let's say, you know, and how intoxicated you are affects that. You know, yeah, because even though you'd say like that's the same thing, like one beer probably shouldn't even register, but you know if you're at three shots, now you're down one, and then at like five, you're down
2: two. And then... Okay. Yes. Yeah so, yeah. so a little bit more of a complex system for it.
0: Yeah.
4: Like Which... like well, make it more realistic to the real like what would happen if you were drinking in real life.
2: Yeah, now I I just recently got some of the uh expansion books and I haven't read in, read in, read them yet. Uh there might be more information in those. I don't know. Well, and
4: and and, and logically speaking D&D has evolved for years over years mm. over years to like perfect how technically things truly work in the real world. I mean like that's yeah, you know, why they went away from Thacko and things like that to try to get yeah. to a more realistic, you know, way things would work and it's gotten better. And I'm sure
1: alien will go through its own years and years of reworks, versions, you know, editions.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. And they've, I mean, there's still more stuff coming out too. They got yeah. more content coming out and, um, Yes, I'm sure they'll hash hash some of that stuff out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> every time, I could always drum up some homebrew, but again, <laughs> we probably should adjust at least that when
4: it does come time, because it wouldn't be logical have flying planes and shooting guns while drunk.
1: Right. Right.
4: We just you can just change it to like if you drink, you lose one of each or something. I guess, sir.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> you can crash and crash Halifax.
4: Yeah, yeah like I, I just in theory could land P- P- Halifax. without even tr- it's drinking fly.
2: <laughs> Looks like uh,
4: Kay was yeah. trying to come back.
2: He's trying, <laughs> but we're uh, actually out of time anyway. So, um, and I don't think he'll make it back in time because we have to kind of. <sighs> Close it out here. So anyway, Oh,
4: no, we don't get to talk about his giant tumor.
2: Okay, yeah, we'll talk. Maybe we'll we'll save that for next time. Yep. So, all right. Well, that's uh, all the time we have for tonight. So, be sure to subscribe to Ties That Bind Gaming on YouTube to keep tabs on upcoming episodes. You can also find us on popular social media and podcast platforms. It's been a pleasure, everyone. Thanks and good night.
0: Thank you for listening to the Halifax Roundtable. Be sure to click follow on your podcast app to get notified when a new episode arrives. You can also follow Ties That Bind Gaming on prominent social media platforms. Have a great day.